Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. And welcome to the June edition of Law Technology Now. I'm Monica Bay, and I've got, as always, a terrific panel for you today. And as we frequently do, we're going to be talking about um, LTN's June cover story called Unleashed. We're going to talk about how legal employers are changing the way that their workers work and the buildings that they work in and how they're adjusting everything from real estate to internal design to do so. Before we do, I have some exciting news from the Legal Talk Network. Uh, There is a brand new Android app. So not only are we so cool that we're on the iTunes uh, library, You can also get us now if you are one of the rare individuals who doesn't live and breathe on an iPad. Um, You can get an Android app and you can get that for the new Solo and all Legal Talk Network shows on your phones. And they are promising us that the iPhone one is coming soon. Want to learn all about it? Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com. Two fabulous guests today, uh, the marvelous uh, Albert Barsokini, who has been on and off of my LTN board, depending on whether he works for the dark side vendors or is uh, a, a consultant, which he's been for a long time. And he's now off my board again. And that's part of the reason why he's on the story. Uh, Al, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, Monica, it's great to be here on the show today. I uh, um this year, I finally did join the dark side after a year of being neutral and writing for ALM publication. And and so I'm in a, a great position to be with a regional service provider, Night Owl, out of Minnesota. Um, but I work, live and work in San Francisco, and I think today we're going to talk about how that can be done. Absolutely. And uh, Mark Osborne, you and I had a conversation in 2007 that led up to a wonderful article that at the time I was more focused on the green aspects of it, but it proved to be not only green, but also very, very involved with mobile mobile work options. And we're going to talk about that today. Tell us first, though, a little bit about yourself and how long you've been with LexisNexis. Thanks, Monica, and, and thanks, Al, as well. Um, uh, I've uh, worked in LexisNexis uh, in their Seattle office, um, which is also apt for uh, Al's comment a minute ago. Um, that uh, we we do have some some ability to talk about remote working, how things are different. Uh, the company that I work for, LexisNexis, is headquartered in New York, has a significant office in Dayton, Ohio, and some other places. So it's interesting to, to take on these topics and, and discuss how technology is helping uh, people work remotely more efficiently, effectively. I've been with LexisNexis for about six years, and it was a pleasure to work with you on that story several years ago. And it'll be interesting to discuss uh, see how things have changed over the intervening years. Terrific. The June story is called Unleashed, and the focus of it is how the legal industry redefines workspace with the explosion of secure mobile devices and safe compute cloud computing. And I got very interested in this story after Todd Miller at uh, and Mark Bizard, who is on our editorial board, told me about the remodeling that was going on over at Amex. And and I could probably wave at the Amex building from one of our windows because they're located, as we are, right by Ground Zero here in New York City downtown. 
And I had an amazing day, went over and uh, spent a couple hours with Todd, and he, he showed me around Amex's general counsel office, and it was really amazing. For starters, I'm a total, total um, uh, passionate for design, and the facilities have been remodeled. Uh, which as a baby boomer sort of makes me smell eucalyptus because it's so California, it just about hurts. It feels like you've just stepped onto the set of Mad Men with mid-century color palette, uh, lots of bright orange, very, very Scandinavian-influenced furniture. Looks like, you know, they may be Eames chairs, but if not, they're knockoffs. And the whole vibe of the floor is very hip, young, uh, and vibrant. I probably wouldn't last there five minutes because I have trouble in the cube farms that we have at Amlaw. But this setup is really interesting in that they have four basic models for how uh, Amex uh, works with their employees. Uh, there are some employees who must, because of the nature of their job, work a traditional nine to five, Monday through Friday job, and they have dedicated space. But the rest of the employees have some variation of remote working. They have what they call a club for folks who typically split their time between the New York office and either other Amex sites or they work at home. And these folks get like a private locker but they can choose a workspace per diem that they can use when they're in the office. And the workspaces vary. They're very interesting. They have this one section that reminded me of the Jeopardy booths because they had the little dividers between each work area. And the good thing about it was they had a view. The, the What would drive me crazy was how relatively close it was to other people. And at least in cube farms, you get some semblance of privacy. But what was exciting about that was there were a lot, there's a lot of areas where it's just set up for collaboration. When Todd met me, we immediately went over to this lovely white comfortable sofa and started chatting and Mark Bizarre came by and said hello and people would say hi to Todd and um, that's kind of a mixed blessing because you get interrupted a lot, but it also really, you could just see how it leads to collaboration. And then there's, they had traditional conference rooms. They, my favorite thing was this big lime green high backed sectional that was configured in such a way that it was almost like a little conversation pit. Um, and the story that we do on the Amex section gets into why they did it. They did it because to cut real estate costs and to uh, accommodate employees who wanted uh, to have time from home. But it was really cost savings that drove it. Um, and we go into detail about this. The The article has three main sections, and the Amex section is one of them. And I think you'll find that really interesting. And I'm very grateful to Todd for the time that he spent with me because it was fascinating. Um Let's talk to you, Al, because you're also working almost full-time remotely. And uh, while not everybody who works remotely has their own airplane, which I'm so impressed about because my dad was a pilot, tell us a little bit about the logistics for you at Night Owl on how you can be a full-time employee for them based in San Francisco and how they are remodeling their facility because they're growing and there's going to be more folks like you at the company. Yeah, I don't 
think this is something that's unique to me. You know, generally, I think the workforce is slowly kind of evolving into a mobile workforce. And it's, I think it's been really a slow boil. But, you know, I think we have a marriage of client expectations and new technology that has now made it possible, you know, the client expectation of being available 24-7. In my particular situation, um, I have a variety of technologies that I'm now depending on. And, of course, there is always a balance test between having too much and too little. And, for example, it's very easy to carry around two cell phones, your personal and your business. And at this company, we've been able to accommodate that through some security audits to allow the um, us remote workers to use our own personal cell phone. And through some simple um, audits that they do and certain security measures, we're able to just carry one phone now. And so that really helps, and it's kind of part of the balancing act. For example, when I travel, uh, there's a variety of services that I use to make my life a lot easier. For example, I'm a member of Regis Office that allows you, when you visit a city, to have your own office and support staff. And I found that to be very valuable because I can basically make a reservation, pop into the city, into a city, and have all the convenience of an office as if I was right there. I also use uh, Priority Pass, which is basically uh, allows you access to all those airport lounges. So when you're sitting at the airport, you can still be productive. It just allows you to be in an environment where they give you, at um, Priority Pass, a quiet place with Wi-Fi access uh, to do some work and, and do it effectively. And, and of course, uh, not to be a... Um, advertise for Amex, but I use the Amex Platinum because it gives you all these host of services as part of that package. Um, I'm also a heavy user of um, other services like Skype. Um, I have client calls now to Europe and to other places, and I've found that Skype has been a very convenient way to have quick conversations without running up the phone bill, both video and audio. Um, other types of services that I use is Dropbox when I want to share and exchange documents, and uh, Basecamp, which is um, basically a, a tool for a collaboration, and, and of course, tools that other people use like Salesforce. So I think it's a combination of these tools that have made it possible. It's just, again, very important to um, have balance in your life and not to have too much of it. And I'm really trying to struggle with that, but I think I have made some progress. And of course, I have my iPad. And as Monica says, I have um, made that iPad also um, uh, enabled for my aviation career so I can be on a plane and I can actually now um, be able to do my um, business with my iPad as I fly. I can also actually navigate with my iPad through some new apps that are made available through general aviation. So that um, in itself is kind of amazing that you can use one particular type of technology, both for such things as aviation, but also as a remote office in the sky. So all these things are new. They're they're really useful. And again, it's a matter of balancing security, balancing your you know what capabilities you have to carry all this technology and and to be you know reasonable, and just the fact that this is how we live and work now. And I think social media also makes that collaboration possible, and so you don't feel isolated like you're um, in the old days when you were by the water cooler. It's just now we have a virtual water cooler. It was funny, if, if any of the listeners haven't seen it yet, um, in the movie Up in the Air, there's a, just a, a wonderful scene where the George Clooney character is comparing affinity cards with with his paramour, 
And uh, another scene where he's teaching his young um, protege how to pack a suitcase. And I just roared out loud. It was so funny. I do think, though, there's a real, real issue with the the um, equipment that we had to carry, even when we, we were not working at home or or working someplace like Regis, where it would get so heavy, it would practically be break your back. And I think one of the real small but wonderfully delicious improvements is how lightweight a lot of of the equipment has become. And you don't need a chiropractor after the trip. Um, One of the themes of the article, Al, is is how the companies are literally remodeling and reconfiguring their facilities. And as we discussed about American Express's general counsel operation, they pretty much gutted their entire floor to create this new environment. And uh, your colleagues at Night Owl explained to us a little bit about what they have done to their e-discovery floor and how they're remodeling. Um, their, they have, I, I've actually been at their offices and had a tour a few years ago, and it's in this very hip warehouse district, sort of on the river's edge in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis. And it's a wonderful office. But tell us a little bit, if you would, uh, what some of the uh, changes are in the architecture to accommodate their growth and the number of remote workers they're going to have. Yeah, as we speak, there are um, structure workers hammering away, kind of dividing up the office space, creating uh, cubicles for portable workers, um, and of course, beefing up our Wi-Fi capabilities and all our communication capabilities. So when a remote worker such as me comes in the office, I can carry my iPad, be immediately connected and start working without a hiccup. And I I think that's critical is to really um, look at your infrastructure and to have that flexibility where you need to design something that is basically wireless, um, that's convenient for workers on the go so they can come in there, use it, but able to maximize your office space where you don't need to be have your own desk anymore. And in fact, I have the cleanest desk in the world, which is no desk at all. Alan Mark, we're going to take a quick break from this terrific discussion and get a word from our wonderful sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. We will be right back. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781 551 9960, or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. And we are back. This is Monica Bay. We have two fabulous guests today. Alba Barsacchini, who has just taken a job as the uh, head consultant at Night Owl. And, and Al, before we turn the mic over to Mark for a second, uh, Mark Osborne, who's going to tell us about some Seattle efforts that um, for remote working, tell us a little bit about your new job and what you're doing at Night Owl. 
Um, well, Monica, I'm doing the same thing I've probably done for the last 10 years, and before that I was a uh, first-year litigator, but basically doing strategic consulting um, with companies around the world about e-discovery and compliance. And so I find it to be a type of situation where you do need to be mobile, where you do need to bring your office with you wherever you go so you can be responsive to your client. And it's an area that is growing, and I think uh, clients do appreciate um, types of providers that have this, this strategic level of consulting so they can see the big picture. Well, thank you so much, Al. I really appreciate it. We'll be back to you in a moment. But I want to turn the mic over to Mark Osborne. And Mark Osborne, I have known probably for all six years of his tenure at LexisNexis. He is one of the best PR folks out there and has uh, worked representing the company. And he does not work, as he told you, at either the New York or the Dayton facilities, but he is in their Seattle outpost. And uh, earlier this year, Applied Discovery, which was probably the key Seattle part of LexisNexis, got sold. And that was sort of brought a change to uh, an era up there that, that Mark's going to tell us about. But LexisNexis, I think, was actually one of the pioneers in remote in remote working in 2007, uh, Michelle Vivona wrote a wonderful story for us about how the company was struggling with, they had too many people and not enough room, and they were also very concerned about uh, the their carbon footprint, because as we all remember, that was right around the beginning of the of Al Gore's great movie and, and all of our, our perceptions being brought brought to the front about the problems with global warming. Mark, tell us a little bit about how the Bellevue office actually was quite a pioneer in uh, creating work options. Sure. Um, it is true that uh, several years ago, there were capacity concerns at the office in our uh, Seattle office. Actually, I should say for a second, it's in uh, Bellevue, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle. Um, but that office was uh, looking forward and uh, trying to figure out how to manage uh, all the people that were working there. And so the initial motivation was cost savings uh, to try to come up with some creative solutions um, to do that. I, I would like to say that also it did uh, some green or environmental benefits did spring out of that as well. Um, but what we did, uh, Michelle and team, was uh, decide, figure out how that we could accommodate more employees or uh, not need to move offices or not need to expand. And, and one of the key elements they did, was there were two things that really were the, the, the core of this effort. One was to renovate portion of the office to have hotel stations, so workstations that people could come in and work at that were not full-fledged cubes or full-fledged offices. This gave flexibility for the other part of the of the core program, which was a uh, ability for each employee at that office to work one day a week from home. Their job, of course, was qualified for that. As you mentioned earlier, some jobs require you to be on site every day, but many of the jobs didn't. So for those people, one day working at home uh, was was acceptable and uh, and promoted, and we ended up with a mix of people coming in and out of the office and not needing as many office spaces as before. And as I mentioned a second ago, that actually did not only help us save some money, uh, but it also had some environmental impacts. And we did some estimating at the time 
that with uh, several hundred cars off the road every day, you know, we were we were definitely um, uh, reducing our our, our carbon uh, emissions from our employees driving back and forth, um, and by somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen percent annually. Um, and hey, you know what else we avoided with those uh, with those lack of commute was everybody who was no longer commuting on those days avoided fifty two days of traffic headaches and all the associated uh, time uh, uh, that it would take to drive back and forth. So we felt like it was a very good flexible policy that met the needs of the company for cost savings and met the needs of the employees for a work-life balance and, uh, and their, their own personal needs. And it was the results, as you said, were dramatic. Not only were the carbon emissions dropped by 15%, but uh, Lexus reported that they were able to drop their overhead, including some unrelated uh, things by about 20%, which was pretty Correct. amazing. And yes, I recall right. um, 70 Fewer people were on site every day. Yeah, uh, at the time, uh, that's that's the case, and it still is the case that the policies that I just outlined are in, in place at that office. So we continue to realize the benefits for that. So it's and it's exciting. It's it's exciting to be uh, at a place that does embrace mobility, that embraces um, flexible work hours, that embraces um, the ability to, to come into work uh, on a flexible schedule and to work from home at times. It's great. And it's interesting, as I was reporting this um, article, um, I was looking around for a few statistics, and it really has been interesting in um, when I was researching the article, I was curious about what could be some stats that might uh, show us some light on whether the trends, sometimes you can't really identify them uh, very well. And I thought one of the most interesting stats comes from the new ABA Legal Technology Resource Center survey, which they do every year. And that this has found that for the second year in a row, 38% of lawyers have already migrated to laptops as their primary computers. I have a feeling that's going to continue, and I wouldn't be surprised if that actually starts to spike. There were also interesting statistics. Um, some statistics were a little bit old, but it, it, there's a surprising amount of dads who have working wives who spend at least one day uh, a week working from home. And I also came to the conclusion that we're, we're, we're seeing a shift, and I think, Al, you talked to this, from the idea of, well, I know I have to work remotely when I'm a road warrior and I'm on the road or I'm going to a conference or my kid is sick, but seeing more acceptance for I want to work from home this week. Um, and I know personally... I, I have found that I'm spending more time working remotely if I have a big story coming up or I need to do some heavy editing, that a lot of times I feel I'm more productive if I can take that day or days and be un uninterrupted at home. Do you too see, and I know Al, you started to talk about this, as a shift from the prior thing of, well, yeah, yeah, the kid's sick? Uh, Monica, is it? Want me to give a crack at that? I mean, what I see right now is something that is just endemic in the sense of all the technology out there that's being developed is being developed for accessibility. It's being developed for us, for people that are on the go. And so, yeah, in the beginning, um, I think being able to have that flexibility to be there if your kid is sick or something comes up or the traffic is bad and you want to work at home, that's great. But I think we've now evolved um, because of this major technology push for accessibility to to the fact that we can now work
work from anywhere with ease and we can do it in a secure way and actually be more productive. I think you're probably right. Mark, you had said that um, Lexus has expanded and kept going with its programs. Can you tell us briefly as we wrap up a little bit about uh, what some of the key features are on their current policies for remote workers? Yeah, well, I'd, earlier I talked about the Bellevue office uh, in the Seattle area, but it is also true to say that uh, LexisNexis as a whole has an alternative work solutions program, which is essentially a work-at-home program for qualified employees. And, of course, one has to apply for it and be accepted to it, but once, uh, one, but it's open to anybody. And once you are accepted, you know, you're, you're set up with a home, uh, a core set of uh, home office um, capabilities, and you are then able to work from home. Some people take advantage of that uh, for a full-time job, a lot of people in sales um, and uh, other jobs that they're on the road a lot with. And then there are others who take advantage of it on a more limited basis. But overall, that policy combined with uh, local office policies, such as the ones that I mentioned in Bellevue, really do combine not only to deliver benefits to the company, cost savings, flexibility, but it really does help our company retain talent uh, in areas where we need it, uh, retain talent in uh, sectors of our business where we need it, um, and uh, you know uh, help help those people who are in those roles feel like they're adding value and doing so in a way that fits with their lifestyle. So it's a it's a win win type of a policy, and so it exists uh, has been around since uh, this this larger policy that I mentioned has been around since 2006. And actually, the EPA had given us an award for this several years ago as one of the best places for commuters to work. We're proud of that. That's terrific. And I hope you'll take a look at our article. It will be out on June 1st. It's called Unleashed. In addition to what we've talked about on the show, we also take a look at what Thomson Reuters is doing with their London office, where they have this little competition that's going to start in about three weeks, four weeks, called the Summer Olympics. So they have been having some very interesting um, test runs and are encouraging their folks to actually consider uh, working from home for some of the, the the time during the Olympics and the subsequent paral- paralytics that come afterwards. Well, thanks again to Al and to Mark for a terrific program. This is a great subject, and, and we definitely encourage you to keep us posted on what you think about it. You can always email me at mbay at alm.com. Want to remind you, as always, there are three ways to listen to our podcast at lawtechnologynow.com, which is the ALM site, with our wonderful partners, the legaltalknetwork.com site. And as I always say, because we're so cool, we're on iTunes. Uh, Also remind you about that brand new Android app that you can get. And I'm going to uh, pound on Boston to make sure they get that iPhone app as soon as we can. And a special thank you goes out to our wonderful sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. And finally, a thank you in Boston to the team with Luann Reeb, Mike Hockman, and Kate Kenny here in New York. David Snow, David Jasper, and Eric Press. And to remind you, as always, there is no crying, even when we're in fifth and sixth place in baseball or technology. Go Yankees. I never thought I'd say this. Go Red Sox. We got to get back at the top. I'm Monica Bay. We'll see you in July. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.